Welcome to Fire and Water, the podcast, coming of age in this age, where we seek to cultivate wise leaders one show at a time by connecting with today's elders. I am your host, Juanita Robertson. I'm so excited to be here today with Kendi Nebaker. Welcome, Kendi. It's so good to have you here with me. Oh, I'm, I'm just like <laughs> so excited to be in this conversation with you. Um, I want to just share a little bit about like uh, why you said yes. <laughs> Let's start. Juanita, it's because you are you. Mm. And, and because over the years that we've known each other, the conversations are just they can be so interesting and rich and deep. And I know that the work that you are doing is similar to the work that I've ended up doing in my, my post uh, consensus reality career. And um, yeah, so, and I just, I just love, I love the topics that, that uh, you bring and that you like to explore. Mm. I so love that, you know, we have a lot of connection and a lot of like, when I first met you, you're like, oh my goodness, she's an integral person. She's doing rites of passage. She's doing like dot, dot, dot. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's so wonderful for me too, to be in conversation with you and to talk a little bit about what you're doing, what you're doing with your new, new moon rites of passage work and what you're doing with um, your wilderness stuff. You know, um, because I think both of those kind of fit into under this umbrella of the eldering piece. You know, this is the podcast where you talk about and invite Mm -hmm. in elders. And I see you as that. I see you Mm -hmm. as stepping into eldering people into themselves and into a new way of being in the world. And so uh, that's some of my reason for saying, I want you to do this. Come, Come be in this conversation with me. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Yeah. So, so let's share a little bit about what is it that you do or that you're doing and that you're being in the world, I'll say. Yeah. Well, um, at the core of it is a pan-cultural wilderness rite of passage form that comes from Stephen Foster and Meredith Little and the School of Lost Borders that tradition. It's a couple in Northern California in the 70s, a couple of white people that uh, he he was a professor of cultural anthropology of, and um, at a university in San Francisco and was noticing that young people um, didn't really know when they were becoming adults. Uh, He met his uh, second wife, Meredith Little, on a suicide hotline. Mm -hmm. And they both really realized that, wow, what is going on with young folks? And they, Stephen had studied cultures all over the world and was aware of this idea of a rites of passage, where one moves from one stage of life to another that has been around and is part of human experience just for ever. Um, 
but that we seem to have lost the depth and the authenticity of that right in the modern world. And so he went looking for it. And there were a number of Native people, Native American folk that uh, really ended up passing on to them their traditions, saying these particular folk anyway at that time were saying this is of the land western united states um there's the cardinality of the four directions and uh some of the colors that went with it that at that time that were uh yeah something that um came from the land and stephen and meredith gladly with gratitude uh, took it and began to experiment with taking young people out into wild places, Mm -hmm. relatively wild places and using the tool of fasting as a threshold period from the the classic three-part separation from the known threshold testing time and return a reincorporation. Joseph Campbell talks about mm-hmm. that. But fasting became that the, the threshold or the testing time. And mm-hmm. something very interesting happens when you fast, which has been used in spiritual practice in, yeah. in many traditions, right? You're 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 essentially your ego kind of just sloughs off or goes to sleep it doesn't have enough food not enough (laughs) nourishment and then when you're put out in the natural world solo by yourself Mm -hmm. um with uh just the 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 nature you slow down and it starts to show you it's mirroring which is it's just magical it is magical so that I discovered in um, graduate school, doing a transpersonal psychology and eco-psychology concentration uh, master's degree. Mm-hmm. And we, we did that. We had to do that like uh, psychology of wilderness 105 or something, I don't remember. <laughs> and out doing that nine-day trip with a three, that was just a three-day fast, um, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa this is something very interesting and it felt so natural you know it felt so native so familiar to me mm-hmm. and then a, a year or two after that i thought wow i i actually have been on a life path that gives me a lot of the skills to become a guide for this kind of thing yeah so i just did sort of the informal uh, apprenticeship and it's it's not a program it's not a certification thing it's it's like well you know inside when you're ready to when you've been trained enough to actually bring a group out yourself so that was that was the beginning and I did that sort of I started all that as a result of a midlife implosion you know how that happens yeah <laughs> early 40s and then yes <laughs> by the time i was guiding it was like early 50s and uh yeah so that 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 ceremony for me is kind of the core mm-hmm. thing around which all of the work that i do rotates yeah. and it has a lot to do about renewal of culture 
mm. which we are really, really in the midst of and need at these times. I agree. You know, I think that part of the rites of passage that you're speaking about, for me, it's the movement. And this is why I think the um, going out for the three days or other ceremonies in that way, what they can do is they move us from being earth-centered and led actually in our decision-making yeah. to being spirit-centered and led in our decision-making. Mm. And it's not that you ignore the earthly things. I always say, if you think about the heart chakra, it's the lower part of the heart chakra and the chakras below, as opposed to the upper part of the heart chakra and the, the upper chakras. Mm -hmm. Carolyn Meese talks about the place in the heart chakra, chakra, if you think about it as an hourglass and the mm -hmm. center of that hourglass is the point of initiation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think it's because, you know, the fasting is yeah. asking you to be spirit led in that decision not to eat as yeah. opposed to being earth led with your body saying, I need food. <laughs> I need food. Right. You know, right. Right. and that, that there's a place that you get to go then yeah. by being obedient to spirit. Yeah. 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 And I think, think when you are saying earth, I'm curious in unpacking that a little mm -hmm. bit, just because there is a way in which this wilderness rites of passage is pure earth. And pure spirit. And pure spirit. Right. Yes. <laughs> but it, that's, it's like the, it is like the ability to see the earth with the eyes of spirit yes and that it reveals the spirit within everything on earth yes so there are i guess there are earthly eyes which you know i don't know living your regular life in the in 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 i don't know a lot of people living in cities or urban areas a lot of technology la 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 very fast paced yeah that kind of um, doesn't allow us to see what is there in a tree or to watch the ants or to notice an eagle or a red tail in the sky and how these very ancient natural things, these cycles um, are, are they're, they are us, you know, the way yes. we are put together, the way human nature is put together yeah. is the way that nature is put together. Well, because nature is synonymous with the soul, right? Mm. Mm. Because we are nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's so interesting because it's like uh, spirit lives in the paradoxes, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It lives in the, this is the earth. Yeah, you are the soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it is a, it's the wholeness of it. Yes, all together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because most of most most people in in America anyway will live on Earth, but that but spirit maybe it's contained in a religion, which is great. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how many people go out walking and feel like their church is going hiking or whatever. I know more and more people do feel that, but 
What? That is inside the culture, you know? Yes. I think some of it and what you spoke about, about it coming from an indigenous tradition. Yes. So I know from African spirituality mm. that it's about the wholeness and that it actually was Christianity that came and did the, the separation. It's the yes. separation of heaven and earth, the separation yes. of good and evil, as yes. opposed to it just is. Yes. And it's just the different sides of the same thing. Yes. It's, you know, and so what I hear you speaking to is that piece. Like yes. it's the leaning into the wholeness yeah. of it instead of this, yes. uh, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? The um, That's either or. It's the, the polarity the, of it. Polarity yeah. of it. Distinctions yeah. and polarity and separateness, yes. you know, yeah. that's part of, that's part of human life as well. But yes. if, you, if you just, if that becomes the, the, the dominant functional cultural yeah. paradigm, you kind of lose quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> well, and I love that you said that because I think there's so, what we like to do, and it's, it's actually reinforcing that same idea, is we like to still say, well, this is the good way and this is the bad way, right? Right, <laughs> it's right. Like, it's good to have the whole, it's not good to have the separate, the either or. And it's yeah. just the both and. Yeah. You know, recently yeah. I was with a friend and we we're at um, the gym and in the morning we we're sitting in the hot tub and it started pouring down raining. Mm. three of us in the hot tub outside mm. the things I loved is that neither of us none of us moved mm. we just stayed there and it was like it wasn't a little sprinkle it was like pouring down raining so and great. I was noticing the cold of the rain uh. the hot of the hot tub yeah how they supported each other oh, it, was a, it was like the yes and it's like I could be in the hot with the yeah. cold a little easier and yeah. with the cold because the hot was there a little easier. Oh, yeah. I think and that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good, Juanita. Yeah, because there's something about being able to sit with, even if you think about, say, opposing ideas or opposing mm -hmm. I, what appear to be opposing dial, um, idol, idol, ideologies. Oh, ideologies. <laughs> yeah, ideologies or... Um, yeah, choices that that feel like they're mutually exclusive or something, you know, yes. there's a way in which you can sit and hold what seems to be opposite. Yes. And and there's there's a particular way of being that allows that holding of what seems to be opposite and yes. that. I mean, that, that's, that's a capacity that takes yes. a larger yes. perspective. It takes a lot of experience. It takes um, being able to sit with your own internal mishigash. You know? <laughs> yes. But what about this? What about that? Yes. No, okay. What if we just, like you said, both and, you know, to, yeah. to like the direct experience of it in the body almost. Yeah. And I think in a world where we speak a lot about your truth and my truth and their truth, mm. there can start to become this belief that there's no real truth with a capital T. Right. You know, but I think part of the integral training is that it's not that it's not true. It's just partial. Right. And so, you know, growing our capacities right. to hold as many truths. Yes. And our assessment of what is true as possible. Yes. Yes, 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 exactly.
yeah, that's a kind of maturity and a kind of a, it, it, it seems like <laughs> there's never an end to the challenge of holding both that, I yes. don't know, we, we encounter in life, you know? Yes. Yes. Then another another invitation to grow now just a little bit more to yes. include this. Yes. Because you know? I don't think we ever could get to the place where we could hold all of it. It's just too much, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's always edges. <laughs> right. <laughs> to lean into it's like, oh right. now this is showing up. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. And that seems, I just have to say that seems really important for us today in the climate that we're in in American culture and maybe even in some global culture where things really are polarizing mm -hmm. probably ne necessarily as sort of a, a, dis a disintegration of pattern time you know a little bit of a liminal space a little bit of a thresholdy kind of thing before a newer and more compassionate and complex cultural pattern will emerge yeah right so we're yeah. in this ah, yeah and yeah. uh just individually being able to um hold that polarity mm -hmm. is uh i think that's a huge huge capacity and it's a huge service if you can do it and model what that is like you know yes, yes. And I, I think that, you know, again, going back to the edges, we're always yeah. challenged. And part of it is because our lessons are journeys too. So you mm -hmm. get it at one layer, a lesson, yeah. and then yeah. it comes back around at a deeper layer. And <laughs> it yes. comes back around at a deeper layer. You're like, didn't I already do this? Yes. <laughs> but it's this like, you know, spiral back around again and again and again. That um, is so true. Yeah. That is so true where it's like, oh, that thing. Yes. Oh, now <laughs> I get it. Oh, yeah. wow. You know, and then it, right. It comes around again. You go, oh, I thought I got it. But now I yes. get it. Now I really get it. Right? Now I really get it. No, it's true. And I just feel like sometimes that we're doing the same thing, like, oh, I'm here again, I'm doing it again, but it's never yeah. the same. No, it's, not But exactly. I think because it might be the fear around it or the emotion around it feels the same because fear feels like fear, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we can start to think we're in the same loop, but really getting, you can't go backwards. So it's always an added on. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I feel, if I think about my own experience like that, I, I do feel like uh, each time it comes around, my altitude has changed. Yes. Right, so I'm seeing the same thing, but I'm seeing a wider yeah. landscape and, I, and, and maybe what flipped me out the first time it comes around, the second, third, fourth time, that flip out gets less and less. Yes. And I can see more of the context, more of the terrain, more of how it fits in with everything else. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. I think yeah. what happens though, so, so many times because of the culture we have, people will mm -hmm. come across something mm -hmm. and um, they'll start to tend to it, but then they get afraid and pull out. 
And so they don't go all the way through it to get access to the gift of the experience. Oh. And so then they get brave enough to go in again and they're going in Uh (laughs) and it feels like the same thing again, but because they're different, it's still a little different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the part of that is because we think we can do these things by ourselves instead of like, you know, Sabang Fusome says the, the wounding happens in community. So the yes. healing has to happen in community as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know? oh my <laughs> and gosh. so that piece about going in together. Yes, 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 yes. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah, I love how, uh, yeah, I love that idea of healing in community. Yes. Yeah, because I, I was just at the annual gathering of the Wilderness Guides Council and we, which, I will say for it's been around for 37 years or so mm-hmm. I can't I think the first time they met this was guides that were working with Stephen or or had learned from Stephen Foster and Meredith Little mm-hmm. I think they first met in 1988 about around land use and just like okay let's coordinate um yeah. and so it is a community that has been around long enough to have real elders yes people that have been in this community and know each other and have relationships and were have been doing this guiding work for 30 30 almost 40 years you know yes so we we are we are an all white mostly privileged group of people because you don't make much money doing this <laughs> in this um and uh there were there were uh more let's see a good strong contingent of queer people that came Mm -hmm. that have also been doing this work Mm -hmm. from the same lineage from the same lineage which is really interesting but there was a kind of a reckoning that we invited in around inclusivity and diversity mm-hmm. and has been in the field for quite a while yeah but this gathering was one where there was enough of the new energy mm-hmm. just like in terms even of percentage of participants yeah. that it that there was a strength to infiltrate the the traditional the 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 culture as it had been uh-huh. and it has been opening it has been opening you know but this was really like a bring it and talk about holding opposites having to hold the triggering of what somebody would say yes and they were holding the triggering and then maybe reacting and speaking all in council right we do this most of it in council practice yeah but over a course of five days with three or three really f- 24 hours full days, mm-hmm. um, we went from a day of reckoning that had had a uh, sort of some di- uh, uh, di- uncoherence yes. start to happen between people like that happens in community yes. where people don't agree or somebody gets hurt or blah, 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 right? It's that. But these elders, people in their 70s, even 80s, were sitting with what was being brought. 
and and not and it you know i mean i think maybe it wasn't brought as skillfully as it could be but still sitting with these new ideas these new ways of being expressed that you'd hear about but then direct experience is a different thing and i could feel i myself also had to like whoa tend to myself and but then on the last day i think somehow it metabolized and then turned into this remarkable experience of the community feeling different because it had opened to new inclusiveness and that included the younger people or the queer people that were really including the more traditional the old culture they were including it they were not rejecting it they were feeling grateful grateful for, to the elders for holding yeah for holding it yeah and a lot of the elders you know throughout the time were going and actually making contact with the younger people and um there was a lot going on a lot that i will never know that went on conversations and such but it was a distinctive different feeling the community felt different at the end because there was an assimilation of difference it was like it was gone to a, a higher order level of complexity and compassion there's such a interesting thing you know i'm in these questions too with my um, fire and water rites of passage leadership ah. um journey and one of the things that I think is, uh, there's a couple of things that are fascinating to me about this. One is um, because we're such an adolescent adult culture. Yeah. One of the things that we've done is we've created a culture that um, wants to dictate instead of negotiate. Yes. How oh, we're being with each other. Good. That's really good, Juanita. Yeah. And language has always been negotiated and not dictated. And when it's dictated, it often isn't real. That it's compliance and not real relationship. So like one of the things that I um, I often will say is I don't do pronouns. <laughs> and and I, you know, I don't do that whole thing. And part of the reason I don't is because it requires then that we be in relationship with each other. That I don't have to, until I... Like in, in real relationship, I can develop enough love and care for you that yes. I even care what you want to be called. Yes. I'm not obligated to care what you want to be called. Yes. And we hold it like it's an obligation. Yes. And that's the adolescence though. Who yes. Well, the freedom and none of the responsibility. And you, you then are taking the stand of an elder and calling out the youngers, calling yeah. out and calling in. Yes. Yes, because what we really all want is just to be seen and heard and witnessed. And if I feel that, I don't care what the hell you call me. Yeah. You know? Yes. That became so evident. That yeah. became so evident because once people felt like there was a genuineness in, in, in enough relationships being formed, yes just over three days, but authentic asking of questions and one-on-ones, yeah. then that it was relationship. It was relationship. Yes. And that's what we're hungry for, right? Like, yes. And I, and I'll even put this next layer on, because I think it's, you know, one of the things I've been learning in fire and water mm. is the difference in this with 
European descendant people and people of color. Oh. Is that there's a piece in which in a woman um, who I know who wrote a book called The Seeds of White Supremacy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, she says, you know, that we're born, our Euro European descendant people are mm -hmm. born into this world as tools of the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the threat is always, if you don't stay in alignment, you'll be kicked out of the family so you can't survive. Right. And that she says one of the difference between, her name is Rita, and she says one of the differences between um, often white people and people of color is no matter how messy people of color's families are, they usually uh -huh. know that their families, that their parents love them. Yeah. And that that's not always true for white people. Because they're yeah. born as tools of the patriarchy. Yeah. And that is always there. And so then it's hard for you. I, I, what I found is it's hard then for European descendant people to surrender to an elder. Oh, that is so perfect. That is exactly right. And there's less connection with their own, our yes. own ancestors. Yes. Yes that or is... no. We don't name it that. But mm. if we go into the courthouse and have all the white men up on the wall, yeah. we have, you know, the ancestors, the dead ancestors on our money. We have yeah. them all over on the board and, you know, corporations at the boards. Yeah. And so we have them all around us, but we, we call them, you know, we call them other things. So we don't have to acknowledge them as ancestors, like the founding fathers or the, you know, these kinds of things. Right, right. But we don't have to, if we don't acknowledge them as our ancestors, well, right. European descendant people, then yeah. they don't have to acknowledge the ancestors of other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, in some way, there's such a dearth of connection to our own roots, European, yes. pagan, yes. indigenous roots. Yes. That has been forgotten, severed, immigrated away from, and then Christianity and the patriarchy become the organizing cultural principle yeah. rather than, you know, the, the family tribe. I mean, yeah. in some ways it's kind of a, kind of a developmental thing maybe, yeah. but yeah, you throw the baby out with the bathwater yes. and I swear we're starving to death. And yeah. how much do I feel that, what did you call it? The, the obligation or the dictating. Yes. I see that so much. Yeah. White young folks. Mm -hmm. I'm not that I don't know about people of color so yeah. much, but there is almost like a guilt and a fundamentalism and a puritism and yeah. a crying in the heart yes. that they have for wanting so much yeah. more diversity more inclusion they want it so much and it it feels like they're we yeah are are starving to death <laughs> yes yes and i think we've um i posted this recently on facebook this question about like are we requiring now with this whole community of trauma informed everything yes are we requiring people to lead with the wound to feel like they belong. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Beautiful.
because that is exactly what is difficult for people receiving. Yes. You know, because then, then there's, then there's almost a, a power play about coming with the wound. And if, if you don't receive the wound and yes. seek to heal it, yes. then you're gaslighting me. <laughs> yeah. Then you're, yes. yeah, you're a terrible yes. person. You know? Yes. Well, and I think, I think with that too, it's like, we, because we forget that triggers by definition is rooted in your past, not in that present moment. So right. if you're, if you announce, well, you just really triggered me, what you're yeah. saying really is that's work I need to do. Yes. Not that work that you need to do. Yes. And we've yes. gotten it backwards. So we know just yes. enough to be dangerous, you know? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Because I mean, that is a spiritual principle. Yes. We don't, we don't learn until maybe never. I mean, the culture never tells us yeah. that, that actually being triggered is, is your inner self. And a hundred percent of the time, if you're triggered, you get to look at that. Yes. And it's not up to the world, which is just the way it is yeah. to change in order to make you feel safe inside. No. You know? no. And there was a woman who I was, um, and hosting a, a group recently. And there was a woman, a black woman who was upset with a white woman about something that had happened. Yeah. And she, um, she felt shut down. Yeah. And, you know, and she said, you know, she just didn't feel safe and didn't feel like she could come back. Yeah. And my response to her is, um, first of all, that the, um, there's no need it's not desired or necessary to hand over your power to someone that easily <laughs> and don't do it. <laughs> and wow. then, and then the second piece is that even that in this Eurocentric culture, we have mistaken being uncomfortable for being unsafe. And I said, you may have been uncomfortable, but you were safe the whole time. Yeah. Because oh. the trauma lies to us. Yes. The trauma tells us those things. Yes. 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 You know? Our body, our yes. body yes. feels unsafe. Yes. But it's, but that's it's not true for the moment. It's sensations yes. in the body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to give us clues about where, where the healing still wants to happen in us. Yeah. 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 And then if you bring collective trauma into the oh, picture, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, yeah. There, yeah, no, there's so much that whole groups of people yes. have been severely traumatized. And so their, their triggering is going to be yes. huge. Um, but every, 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 all human beings yeah. have gone, their ancestors have been yes. traumatized some way you know i mean in the european first, first and second world wars right i mean i had grandparents yeah my, my grandfather was a child and young man in the first world war and was serving in part of the second world war like his whole life was wars and not yeah. having to eat and yeah so yeah. right yeah. yeah i got to do some work out in new jersey with community and police years ago Mm. And they did some training around historical trauma for community and for the policeman. 
Yeah. And one of the things that I love about it is that when we had in 2020, when George Floyd's murder and people were going to the streets and marching, the police marched with the community because they had done this work up front Uh and not one bullet was fired. Not one window was broken. They showed up together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine that that would be our view and understanding the um, role of the police? Yeah, yeah. Is to be with instead of against? Yeah, That is remarkable. Yes. Protectors yeah. with us. Yes. Yeah. And, wow. and what benefits that have when we really, again, when we can hold the both and. Yes. That we're yes. speaking of. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I, I hope and pray that more and more people um, get to learn that. I mean, there's so much information now out there, so much understanding that we have in Western terms, in terms of yeah. psychology, you know, cognitive yeah. understanding of things. Yeah, there's but, a lot capacities. but actually, you know, that's one of the therapists and stuff are one of the groups that I find is the hardest to get it. Yeah. Because, because it's not an intellectual exercise. Yeah. You know, and so we can know it here in our heads and not really have it sink down and embodiment. I said, we don't have lack of information. We have a lack of embodiment. And lack of embodiment. And then, and sometimes for in the therapist training, you know, it is knowing about. Yes. And the therapist is removed from the situation, you know, so it's easy to, not necessarily have to be in the fire oneself yes you know how to deal with it in others and how to orchestrate it or deal with it Mm -hmm. in groups but you're not in it you're not with the police walking with the community yeah and that's a different view you know and 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 integral theory there's a difference than being inside Uh the community than being outside looking in yeah yeah and i mean that's all it's all has a place. It's of all course. Great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> Those are. <laughs> I love how you know these things pop up to teach us. I um, yeah. I was saying with the person earlier today that uh, you know, so when I'm going in with an organization and doing work, mm. I can usually tell where they'll struggle, mm. and it's usually what their mission is. Whatever their mission is, is where they'll struggle. Interesting. And the reason is because the universe wants you to succeed. And uh, if you can't do it internally, you can't give it externally. And so instead of when it comes us really getting that it's a gift, it's not, you know, we oftentimes we want to like stamp it down and ignore it. And it doesn't because that's not who we're supposed to be. It's actually showing up so we can work it and learn and build that muscle internally. So then we can give it externally. Yeah. Yeah, you know, right. so when we That's when we right. really get yeah. the world is out to gift us and not to get us, we ask different questions. <laughs> right. Yeah. right, right. And when you come up against something that you're triggered with and you yes. move toward it, into it, yeah. and you're able to feel it, hold it, let yes. it maybe understand what it is. In my experience, you do that to a certain extent enough, and then it just dissipates. Yeah. And what's left is this freedom, this spaciousness, this openness. 
And then I'm like, okay, next thing. I want more of that. <laughs> well, and I think it's like, you know, spirit is shows up in symbols. And so it's mm. like learning the language of symbols too, and learning yourself in that way. You know, uh, there was, I think it was earlier this week or late last week, one of the two, I, you know, one of the archetypes that I carry really strong in me is the warrior archetype. Yes. I love to fight. <laughs> yes. So but good. the main task of the warrior archetype is not to fight. Yes. And so yes. even catching myself in those moments, mm. you know, there's something about the, the lure of the sharpening of the sword mm. that I feel in me in those moments. Yeah. But it's not, um, you know, I think some of the things that I think the warrior knows the warrior has a deep love and respect for the person on the other side. Yes. The warrior really understands there's a cost to the journey. You can't get something new without giving up something old. Right. And the warrior has a deep love and respect for the person on the other side. Yeah. And my cousin added one more that he got from, I think the, the I Ching was um, warriors go into war mournfully. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, this is, yeah, totally. I mean, that's echoed in uh, like the Hindu and uh, yes. Buddhist traditions with yes. Krishna, the charioteer of uh, Arjuna, who's about to go into battle against his cousins and brothers and family and says, I don't yes. want to do this. And Krishna says, this is your karma. Yes, yes. You know, this, this must be done. And and then also that when you said sharpening the sword, what came to mind was Manjushri, you know, this 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 God that uses the sword to cut to truth. Yes. It is yes. cutting the yes. bullshit, if you'll excuse yes. my French, right? And to see what is true. Yes. And that requires a sharp sword. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's for me, I've also been taught that when giants pick on little people, they're just bullies. Yeah. So the sharpening of the sword only works if you have a, a equal opponent. Mm. And so often we want to enter into war with opponent that's not an equal opponent. Mm. No? Mm -hmm. And knowing when you're just being a bully instead of like. Right. Bully, you know. Well, and what, what is the great equalizer between yeah. two people? Yes, it's. The I would. Go, what do you I, say? I was going to say for me, it's, it's always, it's the heart. Yeah. It's showing up. I mean, because that's what, that's what for me is calling for. And, and the highest honor of warrior is learning how to, again, not, not fight and dissolve and resolve whatever mm -hmm. the thing is. Right. You know, which is different than a knight archetype. <laughs> the knight uh -huh. has to fight. Aha. Uh -huh. Because and the knight has all kinds of armor. Armor, on. yes. Yeah. And the, the knight is victorious when they win. Yeah. So they have to go into battle, but not the warrior. Yeah, right. So knowing the difference in what we carry and how right. that plays out in us, right? Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Very good, very good. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this, you know, you're talking about this event that you were just at with the Wilderness Council and just some of the learning that was there. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. What for you, you know, um, feels like uh, is your edges. <laughs> mm. Well, 
So I was there in capacity as the net keeper, a co-net keeper, finishing out a four-year term, which is essentially a executive director position of this very small nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And so I was there um, sort of looking at the arc of what, what had happened in four years and that this was something that felt new and transition-y. And when I was on the last day formally ceremonially released by the community and given this beautiful, beautiful Pendleton blanket, oh my gosh, which is a tradition. Um, and, and my, and my co-net keeper was also given a blanket, although she's stepped on for one more year because nobody stepped up clearly to take the leadership next. But when I, after I was released and I, and I was very strong and clear about I'm done, uh, I'm going to do the quick books for December and, you know, somebody's <laughs> got to take on the financial piece and then, then the uh, elders were called forward and my friend Jason said, I, I really hear you as really stepping into your elder. Mm. And so I got to stand in this circle nice. with the elders of this community, many of whom I know probably better than a lot of the younger people. Yeah. And just feel what that feels like beautiful in this embodied kind of way to be welcomed into a new seat in the circle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling that more and more and like understanding yeah. what yeah. it means more and more about being elder yeah. the and the responsibility of that. Mm. Yeah. What, what are you, what are you feeling and seeing about being an elder? Yeah. One of the things I, um, that for me, I know the line that brings me back to center in any situation is always this question of what if I really did believe that everything was in divine order? Yes. And that automatically brings me back to myself. Yes. You know, cause for me, the three follow-up questions is how would I walk through the world differently? What mm. questions would I ask differently and how would I treat people differently? Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and for me, part of the eldering piece is knowing that we can't initiate ourselves. Mm that we're human beings and we need each other. Yes, we do. And we can't take ourselves someplace we haven't been. Right. You know, um, and just, I've been blessed to have lots of wonderful elders. Yeah. And so much of how the learning that has happened for me has been in the being able to witness them live their journey. Mm. You know, yes, yes, the support and advice and all that kind of stuff, that I've gotten from them, but more so mm -hmm. being able to see, oh, there are these human divine beings too. Mm -hmm. And there's places that they're really strong and brilliant. And there's places, like I said, sometimes where I get toothpaste in my hair in the morning, right? Like so it's all of that wrapped up in us. And that's yeah. like, that's the beauty actually. Yes. Yes. And that elders can hold that beautifully. Yes. Like there's, there's something that seems to happen after a certain, I don't know, 
yeah there's a, a crux of enough learning that a, a presence for elders yes. close to old people yes uh, oldering and elders are they're yeah. different there's a, a there's a sense of a presence being here and of a self-knowing yes of the, of the self both the human small self the knowing the ego self yes being familiar with it welcoming in the parts that are always you know the ones yeah. that are still hidden and and the knowing of the hmm, i i mean i maybe maybe capital s self as soul mm -hmm. but also more and more this sense of just the consciousness of witness yeah and of of being yeah. just being and and no and you know there's a point at which an elder's job i've been told and it really <laughs> i see it i mean that's what i'm hearing you say about you know witnessing an elder in their wholeness is is just being being yes. on the planet yes and that deeply rooted presence of just having been around for decades yeah. and decades and decades yeah. but nothing can replace that no no it's a kind of a wisdom that's just from hanging in there yeah because younger people are bringing amazing wisdom that, yes yeah but it's it has a, the elder wisdom has a different quality to it yes it's like there's a saying that I love. It's like the young person might have the speed, but the old person knows the way. <laughs> <laughs> the elder knows the way, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. Which is, oh, that's so good. Because one, another thing that has emerged in this community is this truly now a sense of intergenerational connection. Yes. Because then for years and years it was talked about and then the elders were showing up like we have these virtual base camps this yeah. last you know numbers of years since COVID and the elders would say okay we're here let's let's talk and yeah. because the elders were the youngers were saying where are the elders and yes. the elders were like, yes. okay we're here we're here and then yes. the elders didn't show up uh -huh. they had to go to work you know yes <laughs> yes but yes. there's I think that there's such it as wow, it feels like such healing and holding to have youngers knowing that elders are there for them yes. and old elders knowing that the youngers see them. Yes. And love them and appreciate them. Yes. And I find the youngers are looking for elders. You know, yeah. I think one of the things that I think we get confused about the, the difference between elders and teachers and guides. Mm. because you can be a teacher and guide and not be an elder yes but usually if you're an elder you're a teacher and guide yes <laughs> you know and yes. there's something I think it's the responsibility that the elders are able to carry the uh -huh. elders carry a level of responsibility um for the youngers they're uh -huh. able to put the youngers first in some situations yes consider them first right yes yes and hold them when they're yes protesting and, yes. and shooting and all of this exactly yeah. yes because they i mean because again when you can see what you can see there was um a young woman years ago in my coaching and she was so upset with her 
supervisor at work and mm. she was a young mother too. And she said, you know, um, her boss kept like infringing on her space at work and coming in and doing all this stuff that was hers to do. And, and so I just said, okay, so what would you say if I came to your door, knocked on the door and said, okay, I'm going to take your son. He's mine now. And she just kind of laughed. And I said, well, why don't you have that kind of response to your boss? <laughs> but because you're clear here. Yeah. You must not be clear at work. What's really yours. Very good. Or you just laugh at him too. Yeah. You know, so those pieces like really getting that the external is teaching us, right? Yeah. 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 Being enlightened by the the 10 million things every day. Yes. Yeah. So what is something that you feel like is important for um, you know, us to know in this time? As as an elder, what is something that you think is like? mm, And of course, there's tons of things, you know. Yes. yes. Um, So we're not going to hold you to like you don't have to solve Uh, the world's problems today. But like, what's a what is an important message that you would give uh, to people? Well, I would say that we really don't know the whole picture of what's going on. You really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Kendi, <laughs> for being in this conversation with me. And Well, thank you, Juanita, for your <laughs> wisdom. So gratifying. I really appreciate it. I so love, uh, you know, this exploration together. Again, it's like, um, your wisdom supports mine and hopefully mine supports yours. And it's this, you know, being able to, um, wrestle with ideas, not just in the head, but also in the heart Yes, is just really beautiful for me. And I feel that with you. And so just really grateful for your yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Juanita, thank you. I feel the same. I can feel the oneness that we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The same, the same thing talking from two different mouths. Yes. Yeah. And we'll make sure to have your contact information and stuff when we post this and so people can find you and, and uh, track you down and see what you're doing in the world now too. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. 